and welcome to Portroid Cast Episode 2. I'm Rick. This week I had the pleasure of sitting down with Sebastian Doggart at the Stars Denver Film Festival. He's the director of a new documentary entitled, entitled American Faust, From Condi to Neocondi, about the life and career of Condoleezza Rice. I talked to Sebastian about his career and his film. We also discussed politics, war crimes, and a little about Project Runway, the Bravo television program on which he served as a producer. Here's that interview. I'm here sitting here with uh, Sebastian. It's uh, Doggart, is that it? Yes, Doggart. Okay. Yeah, he's the director of American Faust, From Condi to Neocondi. And my, fr- my first question is, um, I was looking up some things about you online, and I see that you've got quite an extensive and, and a varied resume. Uh, you've done translation and, and producing of uh, Latin American plays for the British stage. And uh, you, you've also produced and directed American reality-based television, like Wife Swap, Project Runway, 30 Days. Uh, you've been a journalist, you've written books, you've made short films, and uh, now you're here in Denver at the Stars Denver Film Festival with the premiere of your documentary, American Faust, From Condi to Neocondi. Um, the question is, can you discuss the evolution and path that's led you through such an impressive catalog of careers? Um, I started my career as a journalist in right. Latin America, so that introduced me to a number of amazing, often absurd stories. Yeah. Uh, I then became interested in Latin American theater because that was a world of stories which hadn't really been introduced to the English-speaking world. Uh, the lyric poetry and the novels of, say, Garcia Marquez and... Octavio Paz were well known, but the theatre was not. So that was a, a whole realm of, 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 of stories that um, I, I had an opportunity to work on and um, reveal. Uh, and, and I guess that interest in extraordinary characters in extraordinary stories has continued through my career in, in the theatre, then in reality TV, or factual television, whichever you want to call it. Uh, and now in, 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 in feature films. Uh, so I would say that, um, and, and there's also there's been a trend of uh, powerful women in my subjects of the stories that I've uh, portrayed. I did a version of King Lear with Lear as a woman. Right, I saw something about that. Ms. Lear? Yeah. Yes. And then I did an A&E uh, show called 15 Films About Madonna. And, um, and now this four-year um, investigation of Condoleezza Rice. And this is your second film about Condoleezza Rice. Uh, your first was a musical docu-tragic comedy, I think I read, called Courting Condi. And I guess, uh, what is it that intrigued you about her and, and got you interested in making two movies, let <laughs> alone one? Well, she was voted in 2005 by Forbes magazine the most powerful woman in the world. So that's an initial uh, uh, stimulus. She then said, I want to leave office without anyone knowing where I stand on any of the issues, which as a journalist I think is very, uh, very much a red rag. And initially I conceived of her as a sort of American dream story, this relatively disadvantaged young woman growing up in civil rights torn uh, 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 conflicted Alabama and rising up through her own education uh, to become the most powerful woman in the world this is a story a little like what fascinated America and the world about Obama as well, she's overcome so many obstacles but the more I investigated the more I realized that whilst that journey was partly true what happened to her when she actually took power was given power 
was an even more interesting story, a story, an, uh, an eternal story of the corrupting influence of power. And that was a story that had to be told, and I felt needed to be told. And uh, I was actually, as, as you and I were talking about before, before we started uh, the interview, I was impressed with the scope of the film that um, uh, when I went into it, I thought it was going to be completely biased, you know, just be based on the title, that it was just going to be a film totally lambasting uh, Condoleezza Rice, but you, you took the rounded look where you looked at her whole life and, and the progression of her story, and uh, I guess, as a, a, I wanted to find out if, if you had in mind at what point uh, she took that Faustian bargain, where, where she was um, the, the power, as you mentioned, took over. Yeah. Well, I th that is the objective of the film: is is to paint a truthful portrait right. of her. And you do a great job, uh, from what I from what I've seen, definitely. It's not. I have no Democrat or Republican uh, affiliations. Um, uh, I think uh, playing on both on both their houses to an extent, and and um, so I've been very keen in this film not to have any of. of my opinions explicitly in there. There's no voiceover, for example. Right. There's a huge amount of Republican voices actually in there, uh, from Brent Scowcroft to Lawrence Wilkerson to the two Bushes, Bush, two Presidents Bush. So um, that was very important. But then there's the uh, dramatic and psychological study of, as per your question, of, of when power corrupts. And, and there were various moments in her life which enable me as a storyteller to draw the allusion to the Faustian story. The Faustian story of the man who is tempted by Mephistopheles to uh, uh, achieve his goals, whether that be love or power or uh, money or whatever uh, prize the particular writer has used for this bargain, um, that is what entranced me about her story. And there were, I think, five moments, really, where she had this offer of power. And, and it was when her father said to her, you can be twice as good. You could even possibly go to the White House uh, when she visited the White House age 10. Um, then there was a moment when she went to a lecture on Stalin, and she was wanting to be a musician at the, at the time. Pianist, and and she saw this amazing uh, story of a man who had consolidated power, and I think she was very excited by that, uh, and that was a major um, factor. She then was a Democrat, um, and she um, went to Stanford, and she was courted by the Hoover Institution, a very far right wing. Republican organization, and they basically, like the devil taking Christ to the top of the mountain, said to her, you can be whatever you want to be as a black woman in, a, in our party. We're suffering from a massive image problem associated with the Ku Klux Klan. We need black women. They're bringing in Linda Chavez uh, and, and a whole host of uh, uh, non-Caucasian females uh, to try and diversify their the broad tent that they claimed to have had. That was a key moment. Uh, she was then offered a, key, uh, a position on Chevron and was faced with a decision again whether to pursue her Christian beliefs in human rights 
or to pursue the oil company's complicit relationship with Chevron in repressing Ogoni tribespeople in order to uh, continue their development of, of oil in the uh, Niger Delta. And she chose the path of personal power at this point, each one of them as a pattern. And then again in uh, the lead up to the war in Iraq, she was faced with the terrible decision about whether to stick to her principles as a pragmatist, as a realist, and to basically try and give the president the correct number of options available, or to realize that in order to pursue her objective of being Secretary of State, she had to go along with the winds that were heading towards Baghdad, regardless of whether she had to lie to get there, regardless of whether or not actually it could result in America becoming less safe by a war that would inflame the rest of the world. And in order to, again, she was faced with this terrible decision after 9-11, and she chose to go with the path of personal power. And finally, what the moment that one of our commentators anyway says was when she really sold her soul to sold her soul was when she was faced with a decision about whether or not to authorize torture techniques used on detainees and the result the, that was i think the ap, the, 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 the uh, absolutely the apogee of her Faustian bargain. This is the, the, Augustine has a quote that there is no such thing as evil, just the gradual removal of good until nothing is left. Now, at this point, when she's authorizing fingernail extraction and waterboarding and stress positions and uh, what results in electrocution and genital mutilation, this is this is a fascinating tale of a Lady Macbeth-like tale of a humanity gone awry. And uh, that, my next question is, if you've ever met Condoleezza Rice, or and if you did, what would you say to her, or do you have any anything in mind? I've slept with Condoleezza Rice the oh. last four years. Oh, wonderful. She's haunted my dreams. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I have a very intimate relationship with her, a very bizarre relationship, because I have never met her. Now, um, but I've met people very close to her, numerous people, her biographers, her stepmother, her best friends, and I've done my best to meet her, but I, she found out quite early, well, she doesn't really like self-reflection, she says this in the film, um, and she's very careful with who she allows to interview, she doesn't want a Katie Couric, Palin situation, um, but she did her best to stop calling Condi being made. Um, so I, I, I think she would do her best to avoid me, whatever happens. I would love to take part in the debate with her, but I have never met her. And what impact do you hope that American Faust will have uh, in, in the world, really? I mean, you reveal a lot of things in this film. I just kind of wonder what, what, what you hope that will come out of it. Well, as a filmmaker, I am keen to show a truthful portrait of her and people to see the Condoleezza Rice as she really is, not as, say, Oliver Stone paints her in W, which is a yes woman, weak, uh, um, undriven, uh, blundering woman. She's not that at all. She's an amazing strategist. Um, and she's... So I, I, that, as a filmmaker, I hope to reveal... As a citizen, as a recently uh, uh, anointed American citizen, 
I feel that what we have discovered are serious crimes um, and the rule of law um, has been perverted by a group which was partly led by Condoleezza Rice and there are ten people who have broken the law and in order for the rule of law in America to flourish those criminals need to be brought to justice and uh, and I think that's very important I don't think you can sweep these things under the carpet you need to prevent torture taking place again you need to make sure that there's congressional oversight on going to random wars you need to make sure that you know contractors are properly um, regulated and these are the lessons that we have to make sure that don't happen again because in that sense, Condoleezza Rice has been the talk armada of the last uh, eight years. The, the, the Bush, the Bush period. She was in charge of so many of these policies that are against the fundamental values of the United States. So that's what I hope. I hope that it it, it encourages Congress, it encourages uh, the Attorney General, it encourages other groups to stand up and say, "This is not right. This needs action." This is a massive abuse of what is America. We cannot have people, Islamic fundamentalists, being able to say that America tortures and lets off the torturers even when it's found. It's a massive slap in the face. And we're going to damage our servicemen, uh, endanger our servicemen who are going out there and maybe kidnapped. And then as they're being held by a militant group, like, this is for Abu Ghraib. This is for Bin Yen Mohammed. This is for Abu Omar as they chop off various parts of their body. And so that's, that's, that's what I hope. Yeah, it, it, that's a hard thing in terms of, of being able to hold them accountable uh, without some sort of citizen groundswell. You know, it's us call, calling our congressmen around to them and saying, hold them accountable because of what you're saying. You, you know, we send off soldiers to war and then they're going into a situation where on the other side, they're looked at as the people who've, who've transacted this, even if the orders came from up high. And if we're not holding our officials um, to the same supposed laws that we hold, you know, the rest of our citizens to, then then what is? I mean, what are we? And so I become a nation of hypocrites. Yeah, and I think that's about, it's about accountability and action and a groundswell of, of citizen action. I went to did a preview of the film at Princeton last week and showed it to some students and the students said yeah we were shocked we didn't really know anything about this and it was kind of kind of shocking but hey what are we going to do about it and I said well what did your f parents do in 68 when you well you know uh, what's one person's protest going to do uh, and there's this whatever uh, mentality in, in college campuses which is the place where this should be happening you should, that, and it is, Stanford has a number of serious groups trying to bring uh, Rice accountable, trying to uh, enact possibly a citizen's arrest coming up, trying to uh, encourage all the donors at Stanford to put their money into an escrow account that will not be usable by the university until Rice is taken off the faculty where she is now. Now these are actions which, which I think are important as a groundswell of, 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 of action when Congress has failed dismally including the Democrats, some of whom are complicit in this uh, authorization of torture. Uh, the Attorney General, 
the Attorney General's office has been demeaned and denigrated by a Ashcroft Gonzalez to a point uh, Gonzalez's attempt to claim that habeas corpus does not apply to all U.S. citizens, uh, was, was, which is in the film, was, was just an extraordinary uh, admission of political cravenness uh, and, and a failure to respect and promote the, the, the rule of law. That means he should be prosecuted as well. But um, uh, so I, I think it's up to Americans to follow in the great traditions of protest that resulted in Amer America becoming independent from my nation, my, my birth nation, uh, and and making sure that America does become a more perfect union. Um, where does your film go from here? You're, you're, you're screening at the festival, um, and you mentioned you've shown it at, at a few uh, universities so far. What, um, I guess, what are the next steps to get this to the world? Well, we're releasing the film on December the 2nd on IndiesDirect.com, directly to... Uh, audiences so you can download it you can stream it or you can get a DVD of it and the money goes to all the filmmakers doesn't go to any middleman and we're hoping to launch it that way so our official worldwide release is on December the 2nd great and then are you currently working on anything else or is it just promotion and distribution of this film American Faust I do have a musical docu comedy about Bill Clinton right. um, but uh, uh, we're raising capital for that and I've just done a wife swap which comes out on, in, in February so um, but my main focus is on promoting this and, and, and promoting IndiesDirect.com which is a new, the future of home cinema I hope it's, this is where independent filmmakers can get paid, can then finance their films by receiving the, the money that uh, film lovers pay to watch the films so this is this is a, a major cause that I and another group, a group of filmmakers are trying to fight for because so many filmmakers never get paid for the babies they create, and and I think that deprives uh, audiences as well from, of great stories. I agree. And um, you mentioned wife wife swap, and that just kind of brought me to something else I was thinking about previously, which is. Uh, your your American te uh, television, which we we'll talked about a little bit, um, you said factual based television, something like um, Project Runway, which is a, a fashion show essentially about designers, um, and then you've got something so politically charged like uh, this documentary, and I was I was trying to figure out the connection there, and it is all documentary style. Um, is that your preferred method? I, I know you mentioned you, you have these musical um, comedies, but they're still based on um, reality or real people. Um, what is your, I guess, your preferred method? Do you, do you, are you just trying to get stories, to real-life stories to the world? Is, is that your, your main goal in terms of your filmmaking, I guess? I think these are... The designers on Project Runway are generally exceptional people. They are amazing designers. They are alchemists to be able to turn a deck chair into a uh, runway um, dress. It's extraordinary to watch these um, flowers emerge out of nothing. And, and so they're exceptional and they're often very driven. 
So in that sense, you know, Jay McCarroll and Condoleezza Rice are very similar. They both want to be number one. And that ambition, you know, the Nike commercial which said, in America, you don't win a silver medal, you lose a gold. Um, I'm excited by that um, driving, id-based force that drives certain people forward. Well, I think that was my last question. I think we, uh, I'll put put the word out to get uh, to make sure that people see your film as much as I can, and you know try to try to get that groundswell going. Yeah, please ask them to become uh, uh, fans on our Facebook page, American Faust Face Facebook page, and and buy the film on December the second. Absolutely. Thank you, Sebastian. It's been a great meeting with you. Thank you, Rick. I'd like to thank Sebastian once again for taking the time to speak with me. And I would recommend that everyone see his film, which is available for purchase as a DVD or for download at IndiesDirect.com. That's spelled I-N-D-I-E-S-D-I-R-E-C-T dot com on December 2nd. Um, You can also find out more about his film at AmericanFaust.com. I've posted the portrait I took of Sebastian, as well as all the filmmakers and actors I met at the Stars Denver Film Festival, as always on my portrait, uh, excuse me, on my website, portroids.com. Next week's podcast will feature my interviews with Matt and Joel Bissonette from the film Passenger Side, as well as my interview with actor Adam Scott. Until next time, this is Rick saying, see you next time.